This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Thank you so much, Pastor, for your kind greetings. As was mentioned, and by now should be obvious, this is our communion Sabbath. And so right after the presentation, we'll move right into our, our foot washing, the ordinance of humility. Then we'll resume as we partake at the Lord's table. As we spend the next few minutes together, we'll do so beneath the caption, Lift him up. Lift him up. Let me direct your attention to John's Gospel, chapter 12 and verse 32. And we'll be going old school as we use the King James Version. John chapter 12, the verse is verse 32. The Bible says, the King James Version's rendition, and I if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. I read again for emphasis. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This is the word of God, and I believe it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the clear evidences of your presence in the service. As we continue in worship now with the study of your word, we pray that you will remove every distraction, that you will arrest our attention, that you will speak to our hearts and our minds, that you will speak to me and through me in spite of me, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. These are the words of Jesus as recorded by John, chapter 12, verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. For those of us who are conversant with the gospel of John, we will know that this was not the first time that this expression is being or was recorded by John the expression of Jesus, and if I be lifted up from the earth. We can recall in that discussion, that narrative recorded in chapter 3 of John's gospel, where this leader of the Jews, Nicodemus, came to Jesus under the cover of night to inquire from him the way of salvation. And Jesus in sharing with Nicodemus the good news, the good news of the gospel, shared with him in verse 14 of chapter 3 of John that just as how Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so will the Son of Man be lifted up. This was the first time in John's gospel that the expression of Jesus being lifted up is recorded. John 3 verse 14. Jesus, in this verse, likens himself to the, the serpent that was hoisted on a pole during the time of Moses. 
as Jesus referred to that narrative recorded by Moses in the book of Numbers chapter 21. Some of you are familiar with that, with that narrative, the children of Israel as they journeyed from, Can from, from Egypt heading to Canaan. As usual, they were mur murmuring and grumbling. And then God, it seems, in an effort to get their attention, allowed these venomous snakes to bite them. The snakes were always present during their journey, but God had shielded them from these snakes. But now God permitted these snakes to, to bite the children of Israel. And they started to die. Death started to spread throughout the camp. And they cried to Moses. And God cried, and they cried to Moses. And Moses cried to God. He went to God and God told him, here is what you need to do. Here is the panacea. He says, you must, you must make a serpent of bronze. You must hang it on a pole. And every person who has been bitten by the serpent, all they have to do is look to the bronze serpent hoisted on the pole and they would live. It's interesting to know that the, the, the material bronze is made up of two main materials. Namely zinc, mainly zinc and bronze that come together to form this bronze serpent. And so it was a fitting metaphor for Jesus. As we find in Jesus someone who was fully God and fully man. Not 50% God or 50% man, but 100% God and 100% man. And so, this bronze serpent rightly represented or prefigured Jesus himself. And Jesus says in chapter 3, verse 14 of John's gospel, that just as how this serpent was hoisted on the pole, even so, he would be hoisted. He would be lifted up. And so, in our key verse, verse 32 of John chapter 12 this was not the first time, yea, this was the second time in John's gospel that this expression of Jesus being lifted up is being used. You know, neighbor, I find it very curious that this verse would come on the heels of verse 22 of the said chapter because in verse 22 we find that these uh, Greeks had come to Philip inquiring to see Jesus, seeking to have an audience with him. These were Greeks, yea, these were Gentiles. And now in this verse, our key verse, Jesus says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Now as we look at this verse, there are three elements. How many? How many? There are three elements I want for us to, to, to look at in this verse. The first element is the fact that this statement was made by Jesus himself. Jesus says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. It is Jesus who makes this declaration. You know, friend of mine, I've come to appreciate, I've come to know, neighbor, that once God declares something, it becomes reality even before I experience it. Let me say it again. 
that once God declares something, it becomes reality even before I experience it. The fact that God declares it makes it reality. Because this is the same Jesus who spoke and it was done, who commanded and it stood fast. Whatever God declares, you and I can count on it. Come on, say amen. If Jesus says it, neighbor, it is so. I don't have to experience it right away. The fact that he declares it makes it so. I'm here to tell somebody going through whatever you're going through that you can depend and lean on the promises of God. That whatever God has promised will come to pass. It is Jesus who makes this declaration. It is Jesus who says, if I be lifted up from the earth, then I will draw all men unto myself. It's interesting in verse 33 that, 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 that John would, 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 would add this, this commentary. He says in verse 33 of the said chapter, this he said, signifying what death he should die. Now, now, you and I have to appreciate that when the Gospels were written, when the Gospel narratives were written, they were not running commentaries. They were not written in the moment of the events. Rather, these, these Gospel narratives were written uh, some years after the events in most cases. And so John had been a witness to these things, and he had heard Jesus make this declaration. And so in hindsight, as he, as he sought to put it all together, he would comment this, he said, this, he said. When Jesus said this, John is saying he was signifying what death he, Jesus, should die. Jesus makes the declaration, and the declaration is that he will be lifted up from the earth. That Jesus would be hoisted on a pole hoisted on a cross. Jesus would be hoisted on a, on a, on a, on a pedestal, not a pedestal only of, 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 of praise, but also a pedestal of pain, not only a grandstand of, 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 of suffering, but a, a grandstand of celebration. Jesus says that he would be hoisted, he would be he would be uh, suspended between heaven and earth. He would be suspended between God and humanity. If I be lifted up from the earth, if I be placed in a position where all could see me. Neighbor, you need to appreciate that being executed on a cross was no glamour show. It was nothing to brag about. As a matter of fact, the Romans had reserved this form of execution for those who were non-citizens. It was not just a means of execution. It was to demonstrate this is what happens to those who go up against Rome. This would be the fate of those who dare to be seditionists and those who would seek to upend the, the status quo. It was not something that one bragged about being hoisted, being hung on a cross. Certainly for the Romans, this was a just desert for those who would seek to upend the status quo. For the Jews, this was the just desert for some would-be Messiah, some 
person claiming to be the king of the Jews. But yet Jesus would use this, this death, this torturous death, he would use this as a symbol of salvation. He says, if I be lifted up, if I be hoisted up, then, he says, I will draw all men unto myself. We move into the third element. The first element, it is Jesus who makes the declaration. The second element, it is Jesus who says, if I be hoisted up, if I be placed on this cross, this, this, this instrument of shame, he says, then I will draw all men. How many? How many? There is a magnetic nature to the cross. Now, it's important to understand that when Jesus said, all men, he was not saying that all men or all peoples would be saved. But what he was saying is that everybody would have access to salvation because of him. He was now saying that salvation was not something reserved for Jews only. All men, Jews, Gentiles, all men, male, female, all men, bond, free, all men. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your social economic status. Salvation is now available because of Jesus' death on the cross. There is still, even in 2023, a magnetic nature to the cross. We see him hanging there, his battered, bruised, blood-soaked body, his flesh ripped open by the very chastening that he received. He did it not just for himself. No, not for himself. He did it for you, and he did it for me. It was not just a spectacle to us, but indeed a spectacle to the universe. This man, this one who came into our situation, this God who became like us so that he could save all of us, Jesus says that he would draw all men unto himself. Today, I celebrate the reality of the cross. Because of the cross, I have access to salvation. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, my salvation is guaranteed. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, the penalty of sin, which is death, which is eternal separation from God, the source of life, I now have life, and I have life more abundantly. Eternal life is now mine, not because of what I have done, but because of what Jesus did. Because of Jesus, though I am unworthy, I can be worthy because of him. Dear friends, I made up my mind 30 plus years ago when I started preaching that I would seek to declare and lift up nobody else but Jesus. I will lift him up in my preaching and lift him up in my teaching and lift him up in my walking and lift him up in my living. Every chance I get, I would lift up the name of Jesus 
Lift them up in praise. Lift them up in adoration. Ensuring that the attention is not drawn to me. I can save you. I can put you into heaven. But it is Jesus who saves. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men. I will draw all peoples to myself. The cross still has the power to save. And as we come to the communion service today, we celebrate the reality of the cross. Because there Jesus hung and he died for you and for me. And so as we move from this place, as we move towards the place where we'll, we'll participate in the, in the ordinance of humility, I want you to renew your faith in Jesus. I want you to know that it doesn't matter how much sin you have, the blood of Jesus is more than adequate to cleanse and to wash away your sins. If you've got a gallon of sin, God's got 10 gallons of grace. And so as we move into the ordinance of humility, I invite you to participate. And let me remind you that communion is not for perfect people. It's not for perfect people. But communion are for those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Those who recognize that they are woefully inadequate. Those who, who recognize their unworthiness. Even as they recognize that God through Jesus is more than adequate. And Jesus is worthy. Stand with me as the praise team will sing. And when they get to that final part of the song, we'll make our way to the varied rooms. The women folk will be here at the fellowship hall. And down the hall to my left, the first room there, we have provision for couples who'd like to participate as a couple. We've made provision for that. And then we'll have the men folk on the right. We ask you to participate and then we'll return here as we participate in the Lord's Supper. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you'd like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.